Our passage this morning is in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord, by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. Well, good morning. Some of you may be familiar with Dr. Kim. He was an amazing man who served with Campus Crusade for Christ for many years and had a, an, an amazing, incredible influence on South Korea. The thing about Dr. Kim was uh, the communists came in and they killed his family, wiped out uh, his children, his wife, and uh, they shot him and left him for dead. But he survived, and when he was finally healed up, he decided, you know what, my life has incredible value. God has spared me. And so he dedicated his life to Jesus Christ to serve him and to proclaim the good news of Jesus. So he went from that place, and the first thing that God put on his heart was, I want you to forgive your enemies. And so he went and he started to forgive. He forgave his friends, his supposed friends, who turned him into the communist. And then he went to the one who killed his wife and he forgave that person. Then he showed up at the door of the man who shot him and left him for dead. And the story goes, when the man opened the door, he literally thought it was a ghost coming to haunt him. And he said, I want to forgive you. But more than that, Jesus Christ forgives you. And they sat and talked. And that man who shot him and left him for dead turned his life over to Jesus Christ. And then all throughout South Korea together, People were coming to Christ through this good news of Jesus. Salvation, forgiveness of sins, life, hope, resurrected life because of Jesus. Thousands upon thousands, like the beginning of the church in Acts, came to Christ. At the time, there was over 40,000 who through their ministry were coming to Christ. And here's what happened. The South Korean government, the military came to Dr. Kim and say, we have observed your Christians, these people who claim Jesus, 
We have observed their discipline and their love and their faith and their life that is full of of joy. We have observed it. And we would like for you to train our military because of the incredible discipline you have. And so he went in and he began to train the military leaders. Basically an evangelism camp for all of the all of the key leaders of the military. And so what happened from that, basically, after he trained them, they trained in the good news of Jesus, the South Korean army, and the gospel spread like a wildfire. And thousands gave their lives to Jesus. I want you to know, dear brothers, that what has happened to me has truly served, has truly revealed itself, has truly advanced the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to know it. These chains that I am in have not chained the gospel of Jesus. Does our life, in all of the different circumstances that we're in, does our life advance the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ? Does our life reveal His beauty, uh, His joy, His life, His hope that we have? Does our life reflect that and advance the gospel no matter where we're at in life? That's what I think Paul is trying to drive home with us this morning. Let's pray. Father, we all come this morning uh, in different circumstances. And Father, we know that our lives are no longer our own, but we are bought with a price. And so, Father, we ask of you that you would minister to us through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would use our lives to advance the gospel. Not out of some religiosity, some formula, but that our lives would reflect your beauty and your glory. And that we would acknowledge that you have us right in the middle of this circumstance. We don't always understand why. And that we can take that and advance the gospel. So help us, Father, to do that, I pray. In your beautiful and precious name, amen. I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Paul is in chains. He is in a, in, a, in a prison and he's under house arrest in Rome. And the thing I want us to think about together with Paul, I want you to think about in your life where you are chained. Not so much chained to sin, the bondage of sin, but chained to your circumstances going on with you right now where you feel bound up, where you feel like you can't get away. Think about where you're chained and the circumstances of your life. I just was recently traveling, and there was a lot of delays and a lot of uh, uh, confusion and, and weather and, and uh, construction and all kinds of stuff, so ended up with a five, six-hour delay on, on my trip. 
And because of that, I ended up having, obviously, a different seat on a different flight. But because it was over the Memorial Day weekend, uh, you can imagine uh, every seat was full. And so as they got me on that flight and they handed me that boarding pass, I looked down and it said, Middle B, (laughs) for a five-hour flight that I was going on. You're in seat B, middle. You feel pretty chained in that spot. Where do you feel chained? And if we are stuck in middle B, the question for all of us is, how does the Lord want us to advance the gospel? What Paul does, and what is so helpful for us to see, is that that one of the ways that he advances the gospel is that he takes advantage of these lousy circumstances. The truth is, they're lousy. He's in jail. It's not a comfortable setting. He is indeed under house arrest. Sometimes we get the idea that he can just do whatever he wants. But he's chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day. He's in a tough situation. But God gave Paul new eyes. Right in the middle of prison. To see with the Lord's eyes. John McRae wrote this in Christian history. He said, and this kind of blew me away, the Apostle Paul spent about a quarter of his ministry life in jail. Think about that for a minute. A quarter of his ministry life in jail. And in this case, it was Roman imprisonment, which a lot of times, again, was very difficult. Dark. The Roman guards didn't necessarily like Christians. They were beaten. They were flogged. They were humiliated. They were spit upon. They were tortured. Then they'd be left to to just deal with their mess. And as they were bleeding, they would get infection. It was tough. Most of the prison cells, especially the inner cells like the ones in Philippi, were, were incredibly dark and cramped and just, just smelled like you wouldn't believe. A lot of prisoners just choose not to go through that, and so they would take their lives. Paul spent a quarter of his ministry life in prison. And you go, Lord, what is going on there? And yet right in the middle of that, Paul wrote encouraging even joyful letters to build up the body of Christ. Are you stuck in middle B? How does God want you to advance the gospel of Jesus? If you're like me, and Paul was probably wondering this and stating this, you kind of go, Lord, I need to be out there. I need to be doing ministry out there. This is what you've called me to do. He's probably going, Lord, these plans that you have for me, they don't seem to be working out. It's not what I intended when I signed up for this. Paul was preaching the gospel. He was hoping to go to Spain, actually, and continue to preach the gospel. He ends up two years in Rome on trial for his life. A little bit before he wrote Philippians, he's in Jerusalem. And he gets accused of bringing a Gentile into the temple courts. And as a result, he's dragged in the street. He's about to be flogged. 
but he pleads Roman citizenship. But there's a whole group who wants to kill him. There was 40 religious Jews who dedicated their life. We will not eat a thing until Paul is dead. So he has to escape. They, they get him out of there. He's taken to Caesarea. Many of you have traveled with me to Caesarea on the sea. Herod the Great's great complex there. He's in jail in Caesarea for two years. And finally, he's wanting an audience in Rome. And so he says, I need to go to Rome. And so they send him off after two years, and they send him there. On that journey there, he's shipwrecked. Then he's bitten by a snake. He spends the winter on the island of Malta. And he finally arrives in Rome, condemned, accused, waiting an uncertain decision with a half-crazy earthly king. Paul must have been saying to himself, Lord, why do you have me going through this right now? Why am I in chains? What is it that you're taking me through? What is it that you have for me? What is it that's going to help the gospel go out? And one of the things that Paul learned about chains and his new vision was that these chains are not chains to the Roman army. These chains are gospel chains. I'm chained to Christ. These chains are gospel chains. Seat B is the best gospel chains place you could be in. you got two people on either side of you who haven't heard about the love of Jesus, and you're on a long flight. Where is God using your chains right now, your circumstances, to advance the gospel? And because Paul had those eyes, he was able to write this in Romans 8, we know that all things... In all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purposes. In all of these circumstances, the the gospel is being advanced. I want you to know that. He uses that this wonderful military word of, of the soldiers going out in advance, and they're clearing the way for the advancement of the military troops. It has the idea of cutting up all the underbrush, clearing a path. There will be no barriers for our military to come through. And this is what he's saying. Me in chains is clearing the barrier for the, for the kingdom of God to come through. They think I'm chained to them. They're chained to me. And there is gospel chains that are happening here. And it is serving its purposes of being chained to Christ. God is doing a work in this circumstance. Where are you chained right now? I think Paul is asking us to receive new eyes like he did. Understand that these chains have an opportunity to bring the life of Christ into someone else's life. Understand that these gospel chains, where I am stuck right now, have an opportunity to to draw me closer to Christ in my walk with Him. Where are you chained right now? You need to understand, because of these gospel chains, it has produced amazing things. That it has become, verse 13, known throughout all the imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. 
people are learning about the love of Jesus, a quarter of his ministry life spent in prison. And what happens because of it is an amazing fruit is produced. Now you could be chained and spend your whole life complaining and arguing with God and saying, God, this isn't fair. And God, this isn't the way my ministry life and my life should be used. It isn't right. Or you could say, God, help me to know how to love being chained like this to this situation. He knows it's a lousy situation, a difficult one. But fruit comes out of gospel chains when you see with his eyes. What's happened is the whole imperial guard and many others have come to know about the love of Jesus. It has advanced the gospel. And he's telling this to the Philippians. The Philippians kind of lost focus, didn't they? Their focus was on the circumstances. Paul, our leader, is in tough circumstances right now. But Paul never looks at it that way. James Boyce puts it this way. He says, Paul shifts the legitimate interest of the Philippians because they cared for him. He shifts it from himself to the great undeterred purposes of God in history. He takes all the focus off himself. The Philippians are going, oh, Paul. He's like, no, no, it's not about me. I want you to see what God is doing in history. I want you to see what God is doing in the Roman Empire, the most powerful empire of the time. I want you to see how God is going to penetrate. He's clearing the path through me in these gospel chains. I want you to see it. You see, when Paul went to Rome as a prisoner, in reality what happened is the gospel went to Rome. And then lives were going to be changed. Paul doesn't talk about in this chapter of Philippians, and he doesn't throughout the whole time, he's not saying, woe is me. I can't believe God's doing this with me. Okay, I guess I'll show up. He doesn't talk about himself at all. And again, awful situation. I find that really amazing. That's just being empowered by the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Again, we can't... We can't live this life of joy and of dealing with our struggle and of dealing with our circumstance without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can try to do it on your own. Paul, Paul says, Lord, help me right here in the middle of, of jail to see what you have for me. And he does. Takes his eyes off himself. He realizes that, you know what, God hasn't put me on the shelf. He hasn't taken me out of the game. God is using me for the furtherance of the gospel. 2 Timothy 2.9. This is something to check out later. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But listen to this. But God's word is not chained. I'm being chained, but God's word is not. Paul's chains changed the Roman government. Do you understand the power of Christ? And when we start to infiltrate the government, and we start to let the gospel take us into places of influence, Paul's chains changed the Roman Empire. 
It was causing Rome to face Christ. Now, here's what's way. I am chained to the Praetorian Guard. Nine to 10,000 of the, the best soldiers that there were. Four-hour shifts for over two years. I'm chained to these guys. You've got to understand, understand something about this guard. Again, these guys, uh, these guys were mean. They were well-trained. They were soldiers that would wipe you out in a second. And they were used to protect the emperor. They were used to protect uh, and guard prisoners that were a threat. Four hours at a time, rotation. These guys were the future movers and shakers, weren't they? They were the ones who would end up in Senate and influence the world and influence Rome. I am in chains here every four hours to a Roman Praetorian guard. Can you imagine over two years? That's, that's over 4,200 guards. And as they would be chained to him for four hours at a time, again, he was under house arrest, so he was able to receive people in. He was writing letters like he did to Philippi. Can you imagine him just talking with the guards all the time? They're also seeing these people coming in and hearing about the good news of Jesus and how the gospel is spreading everywhere. Can you imagine? Some of it, I'm sure, didn't like it and probably just hit them. But he's saying, I want you to know what's happening. Many in the Praetorian Guard are coming and, and, and in, are coming to know Jesus. And what's happening, he says in, in Philippians 4, he says, I want you to be praying for all those in the house of Caesar. The brothers in the house of Caesar. Do you know what that means? That means that these Praetorian Guards came to know Jesus. And now they're in the house of Caesar where they do guarding as well. You guys are thinking, this is a bad circumstance. You're feeling chained, and you're feeling chained because I'm chained. That we can't move on with the gospel. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Paul realized, I'm chained to Christ. These guards are chained to me whether they know it or not. And the gospel is being advanced. Where are you feeling chained this morning? How is God wanting to use that situation to advance the gospel, to share the love of Jesus, to reflect who he is and his image and his character? The message of Christ is going out. And what happens is, is not only only is, is the Praetorian Guard and those in the household of Rome coming to know Jesus, but it is encouraging the brothers and sisters, verse 14 says. People are encouraged about what is happening. And they're sharing the good news and they're stepping out in faith. They were scared to talk about Jesus, but they're seeing what's happening with me. And now in Rome, they're sharing about Jesus. They know there may be some consequences. But they're emboldened. Isn't it amazing when people live for Jesus around you through trying circumstances, how that encourages other brothers and sisters, how it encourages you? Is your life and the chains that you're at, 
Are they an encouragement to other brothers and sisters in Christ about who He is in your life? Is your life reflecting that He is strengthening you in the middle of a difficult situation, that He is drawing you close, that you're seeing Christ in ways that you've never seen Him before? You see, this body, in all of the different circumstances, what an amazing encouragement to me as I walk through life with you guys. We've all gone through areas where we're just chained. And we've all gone through suffering. And we've all gone through difficulty. And as we hold on to Christ together, what an encouragement to me and I know to us together. Can you take the place where you're chained right now and say, Lord, I want to be an encouragement for my brothers and sisters as I go through this. So that they can be emboldened, so that they can hold on to you as well. That they can know that you show up. That you are the rock and the foundation. I want to do that. And so, Father, strengthen me through that. Dr. Kim was encouraged, and he encouraged others to go out and share the gospel. As he went and forgave others, others went out and forgave. The gospel grows through the soil of adversity. And Augustine said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. You thought you were shutting us up about Jesus. You thought you were putting us in chains. Oh no, it's absolutely opposite. Being in these gospel chains has advanced the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news keeps getting out there. No matter what, no matter what the heartbeat is. Look at verses 15 through 18. I, I want to read it out of the message. I just like the way it's put. It's true that some preach Christ because with me out of the way, they think they'll step right into the spotlight. Others do it with the best heart in the world. One group's motivated by pure love and knowing that I'm here defending the message, wanting to help. The others know I'm out of the picture and they're merely greedy, hoping to get something out of it for themselves. Their motives are bad. They see me as their competition. And so the worse it goes for me, the better they think it goes for them. Whether they're preaching with a, with a terrible heart or whether they're preaching with a heart that's pure as gold, it doesn't matter. I'm not focused on that. What matters is is that the gospel is being preached. Christ is being proclaimed. The love of God is going out. Yeah, if they're, if they're preaching a false doctrine about Jesus, yeah, I'll step into that. But if they're, even with an awful heart, if they're preaching that Jesus is their salvation, then, it, okay, I'm not going to get in the way of that. I'm not going to spend my time focused and worried about it. I shared a long time ago about a story of a dear friend of mine, Melissa. Melissa has cerebral palsy, and Benny Hinn came to town. Probably this was some 15 years ago. This was very humbling for me. Benny Hinn came to town. I didn't know Melissa at the time. And I actually took guys in my discipleship house, college guys. I took them to go to Benny Hinn because I wanted to show them what I thought was a false prophet a guy who just does this healing stuff for money. So I took my guys there, and, and sure enough, there was all this song and dance, and then came around the big Kentucky Fried Chicken boxes or buckets where 
people put literally hundreds of thousands of dollars into. And so I talked to my college guys and I said, we've got to be wary, wary of these guys. And then I went to my college ministry uh, that following week and my, my friend uh, Dan Rogers and Genevieve, his wife, they showed up with Melissa. They said, Rod, we want you to meet Melissa. And I'm like, oh, Melissa, I'm so happy to meet you. You know, Welcome to the group and, and what a blessing. And they said, Melissa just became a Christian. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. Wow. Well, tell me about it. She goes, well, I went to Benny Hinn. And he shared the gospel. And I received Jesus the other night. And God just hit me over the head. Whether it's false motives, impure motives, whether it's a pure heart, Christ is preached. And then what happened with Melissa, Melissa ended up leading her mother to Christ. I just went out to D.C. where she lives now and met her and her uh, her new husband, who's a lovely man in, in Christ. And so now comes this whole spreading of the gospel. I don't have to worry about Benny Hinn. God, God's got that. Paul's only response to it all is it's incredible joy for me because Christ is being preached. People are learning about his love. And so I only respond in joy. I'm not in competition. I don't sit here and be critical all the time. I want the gospel to be preached because it changes lives. I want people to know the love of Jesus because it changes lives. And I want you to know that these chains that I'm in are advancing the gospel. And I want you to be likewise, thinking the same. Where do you feel chained to right now? How does this present negative Restricted circumstance impact you right now. Your prison may be a boring job, a difficult boss. And you're going, Lord, I just can't seem to get out of this. Recognize your gospel chains in that situation. For many of us, it may be uh, illness that limits us to be out there doing ministry life. You know, my mother's a great example of this. My, my mother, um, over the years, she's had a lot of health issues, but she's in that season of life where there is days, literally, she just can't get out of bed. And it's, it's tough. It's hard to watch your parents go through that, right? But you know what? I show up at her house, and she's in her, in her big bed, and she's got all these pillows propped up behind her, and she's on her, her little iPad, and I'm like, what are you doing, Mom? Oh, I'm, I'm writing uh, to prisoners and encouraging them in Jesus. And then she's also, let me tell you about this other ministry I have overseas to encourage this church and those who are poor and suffering. And, and I just, I write them encouraging letters and I pray for them. Those chains do not chain the gospel of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you may feel trapped by being a mother or father you just you feel kind of stuck in this routine of raising children honestly a lot of times we get that way we just feel like we're a chauffeur we feel like our life is just getting up and making breakfast getting them out the door and it's you just feel kind of chained to that 
Lord, how do you want me to use this circumstance of life where you have me to bring about your life, to advance the gospel, to speak truth? Maybe your chains are a marriage that is difficult or failing. And so we ask the Lord, Lord, help me to see, to know how to view these chains as gospel chains and to live out the life of Christ. Allow the Lord to pour into your life, wherever you're chained at. Allow Him to give you the strength that you need. You're not put on the shelf. Your life still has incredible value and meaning. And our Savior wants to continue to use your life for His kingdom. And as we're ministered to the Lord, we realize, I want to live out my life to share His life in me. I want people to to see Christ in me as I'm in these gospel chains. I want to, to recognize from Christ it's an opportunity to encourage others. I want to recognize from Christ that, that I can bring forth His love to others. Let us all learn together to be thankful and joyful that we are in seat B, middle. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word this morning. And Father, I know it's hard for us, it's hard for me when I feel like I'm in chains, like I'm stuck in a certain situation and it just doesn't seem good. And so Father, again, help me to see with your eyes. Help us to do that together. Help us to reflect your glory. Help us to know that these chains are gospel chains, an opportunity to advance the good news of Jesus. We thank you for Paul. We thank you for the way he encourages us. We thank you that a quarter of his life was in jail so that he could encourage and spur on the brothers and sisters in Christ. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that we are chained to you. In your precious name, amen.